0: Welcome to another episode of the power, of the pause with Colleen Falto, energetic weight loss coach, energetic weight loss. We're talking about weight loss in your physical 3d body through the vehicle of weight loss in your energetic 5d body through coming to alignment with your soul through really focusing not on the weight in your 3d, bringing your 3d body to acceptance for what it is. And a focus on losing the mental weight, the emotional weight, the past trauma that you are holding onto in your energetic five D body. When you see your body and your soul in that way, you are able to release yourself from so many limiting beliefs about your body and see the bigger picture. So that's what it is all about here today. I'm joined by my friend Jess Pruitt Double T. <laughs> um, she was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, maybe two months ago. Jess
1: um maybe not maybe like six ish weeks what is time
0: who knows yeah Yeah. I felt like who knows but she was in the podcast recently and most of the podcasts that I do with people we connect and we're like we should definitely do this again and Jess and I were like we need to do this again and I really felt like it was going to happen I was like her and I are going to make this happen again and we've, we've been in touch a lot since then and I just so happened I don't really look at like the podcast a- analytics and stuff. I'm not really that like or, you know what I mean? Whatever. I, I probably should more, but I really just make episodes based on what my soul is desiring to share at that time, trusting that it's gonna reach whoever it needs to reach and create the change in their life it needs to make. And I just so happened to upload an episode yesterday around dismantling and unsubscribing from society's standards of beauty and weight loss for women and doing your shadow work around weight loss and I was messing around on the dashboard and I saw that Jess and my episode out of 69 this is our 70th episode was number five and I shot her a text I was like girl look at us like which is just cool like not a bit like I'm not you know it's just it's just cool that people could feel the connection between us and viewed it. um listen to it I guess not you'd listened, whatever. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, So today we're going to talk about when we suffer enough, we will create a sustainable change in our lives. When the pain of going through the change, whatever it is in, be it weight loss, be it your relationship, be it self-sabotaging patterns, you know, climbing out of money situations getting in a healthy relationship whatever the case is when the pain of going through the change is less than a pain of staying where you are you will create sustainable change that's just how our brains are worked our brains are are designed to avoid pain more than they're designed to seek something that feels good and so this ha- is in all areas of r- our lives we're going to talk about attachment, suffering moving through pain, how to embrace pain so you can move through it rather than resisting it and prolonging it and suppressing it. So Jess, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this again.
0: Yeah. So I know we talked last time we have, you know, I I always say, I'm going to preface this. I speak at a detox every month, a detox that I actually went to and saved my entire life. I was dying from the disease of addiction. I'm very openly talk about that. I'm an alcoholic. I was waking up every day at five thirty in the morning, physically going through withdrawal, physically shaking, sometimes throwing up, needing to drink to get through the day. Right. And when I go to the detox every month and I speak to them, one of the first things I say when I sit down is I don't know you, but I know your pain, right? I don't know you, I don't know your current situation, your current circumstances, but I know the pain that you're in. And that's what we're here to connect on today. And Jess and I connected very much on that in the last episode that we had. And since then connecting, you know, obviously the circumstances in Jess's life and the circumstances in my life, the individual circumstances were different, but when we stop individualizing ourselves by our circumstance and we look at the emotional pattern we can connect to people on such a higher level. And Jess and I, you know, very much connected on that, which is a beautiful thing.
1: For sure. I feel like um, connecting on those emotional patterns, but then also, you know, if we do kind of look back at some of the the material circumstances, we find ourselves the same age. We find ourselves with only one child that's a boy, having gone through alcohol abuse, um, working to, take the things that we've been through and, and put it out into the world to do better for, to help others do better for themselves is, you know, I'm really happy that we have this connection and we can start discussing things further to, to build more for those who may not be quite where we are yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm very focused and I, I all that I give my attention to is the fact that me sharing my experience, strength, and hope, right? Of where I was and where I am. I'm very aware that some people may hear it and be like, oh my God, why is she sharing about all this? Mm -hmm. But I'm also aware that everything is you pushed out. And if people are looking at my experience and passing a kind of judgment on my experience, it's really their judgment for themselves And their own lives. And so I literally only focus on the people that hear my message and are like, wow, she gets it. That is me. And whether we speak or not, the fact that hearing how hard life can be and then how different life can be from someone else that shared that pain cycle that you're in can plant that seed of allowing them to let go of the pain they're attached to because pain cycles end when the lesson is there. Everything in life is there for us. It's happening within for us. And one of the reasons that, you know, pain cycles go on a lot longer and some people do lose their lives to the disease of addiction and other things, obviously, is that there's, there's so much resistance and they're resisting the pain they're resisting just embracing it and they're attached to things and the lesson isn't available for them and it ends up
1: taking taking a big toll for sure the as you said the acceptance we have or resistance to acceptance that if we find ourselves being able to set to accept everything just as it is being this may sound like woo-woo or or um, removed, but like a passive observer. So looking at things that were out of our control and accepting them as such, yeah. meaning like this, whatever happened to me in my life, it's neither good nor bad. Or th- this, I got this job and it's making so much money. Okay. It's neither good nor bad. The as soon as we label something good, the sooner it can hurt us if we lose it. And that is us giving up our control in the same way as like some tragic situation, or we, you know, a, a, we lose a relationship, we label that as bad, then it it has power over us. Um, so accepting things as they are passively gives us our power back.
0: Absolutely. Big time. And, you know, the title of this episode, when we suffer enough, we will Ch- change. That's available to all of us. But like, I know that me personally, I went through my very dark night of the soul. I was struggling my entire life. If I look back, when I share my story of addiction and alcoholism, all of my issues were different, but the root cause of them all was the same. I had an eating disorder. I was attached to codependent relationships, alcoholic, shopaholic, very self-sabotaging. And it was all my cortisol levels being so high, me looking for a hit of dopamine. Let me drink, let me eat, let me go for this relationship. Let me shop, dopamine, 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 right? And my dark night of the soul was January, 2020. I got a divorce, was running a gym. COVID hit, really affected my business. And my business, I was so attached to it. I was so attached to the fact that I have this business i was attached to the money i was making i was attached to you know all the people that were coming to my gym i had body issues i got breast implants my implants gave me a bacterial infection i got them removed went through five months of awful pain i was attached to how my body looked with them i got in a very narcissistic abusive relationship i was attached to the cord the dopamine spikes when my narcissist would love bomb me and everything. And I was so attached to that, that when the, you know, cortisol would raise in a typical, it was a very typical narcissistic abusive relationship, cortisol, dopamine, cortisol, dopamine that creates damage in our brain. I was so attached to the good that I, I couldn't accept the bad. And I was just so attached to it. Right. My suffering ended when I went to rehab first and foremost, I did need help to really get out of my own way. But when I really accepted life for what it is, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna stop being the complete victim of my life. And I'm gonna stop trying to force my will. I'm gonna stop being like, but this is who I am. I'm in a relationship. I'm gonna end this relationship. This is who I am. I own a gym. I'm gonna close my gym. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm go- like, this is who I am. I get stressed out and I drink, like what I'm going to do without alcohol. And, th- and when I ended my attachment to everything, I was able to empower myself and get out of victim mentality.
1: Yes, for sure. I went through similar things. I feel like it was a slower process for me. Um, eating disorder arose out of you know partially being in in an unhealthy competitive dance world my whole life um also out of like anxiety would take my appetite away and then um kind of falling into the pattern of feeling like that was something i could control in my life in a situation where i had few friends um and a, a weird narcissist boss and then a narcissistic husband like terrible violent demeaning every single day and i would take whatever he told me and do it, everything that he said and try to fix it. And I, yeah, my pattern was finding something that let me feel like I had control Mm. and you know, all of it was dysfunctional and false. Um, so, you know, going from an eating disorder being 97 pounds and 31 years old and sick all the time to starting to eat and kind of give that up. And I transitioned into misusing alcohol and, um, went to AA and worked through all my steps and, and kind of got through that. And finally got to the point where things really blew up in my marriage and, and had to accept moving on from that. And, you know, it was just one thing after another, peeling the layer peeling the onion, okay, I've gotten, gotten past this. Now what yuck is going to cover up? You know, they say like, don't stir the, stir the pot. Cause you get all the yuck, you know, I don't want to say bad words here, but don't stir the pot. yeah
0: <laughs> you kinda,
1: Like you kind of have to stir the pot to, to sift, yuck out. And it took me, I don't know, probably 2015 till, uh, this past year for me to finally kind of get to the point where I have allowed myself to fully live outside of my brain and just live as I am, um, accepting that we are all humans. We are all people, um, allowing myself to move away from the worry and concern of what others are going to think of me. Um, you know how they're judging me finally getting into like a home and a situation with my studio that it's growing and we we built a house and I got remarried and um you know just living the life I want but then I was still kind of struggling thinking like people are going to judge me because now I'm successful and it's it's whatever you know like at this point I'm finally able with all of those years of work and self-reflection and journaling every day and seeing a therapist and um, working with a life coach for several months um, to see that you know any negative feeling I have or any judgment that I put on on myself or anyone else and anything that they put out onto me, as you had said earlier, is really just a reflection of what is happening inside of them. Yeah, and that's now turned into something that I work with my son, who's about to be sixteen, almost on a daily basis, like this person said this, or your father said this or whoever in the family is saying these negative things about me or to you or about whoever, because they have some yuck inside of them that they have not come to a place that they're ready to work through. And it's easier to point the finger than it is to look in a mirror.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And when you really, it's the kind of thing. So I, I. Myself, this has happened to me, and I have clients this happens to as well. With me, where I'll see one therapist, I'll have a coach, I'll have a friend. They they tell me the same thing over and over, and it's not clicking in my head. And then I hear it, I read it somewhere else, and I go to them and I'm like, Oh my god, suffering ends when I release my, my attachment. They're like, Hello, have you been there? <laughs> They're like, We've talked about this a million times. I'm like, I know, but it just clicked, you know what I mean? Like Sometimes we need to hit the same nail on the head over and over and over for it to click mm-hmm. for us, for it to go in the wood or whatever that saying is Yeah, not making that wrong, not making that wrong, not, not looking back on how life could have been different. Just looking back at the gratitude for understanding it now and embracing it now. Like when, you know, you move through things like addiction and abusive relationships and eating disorders and all the pain that we actually, through our victim mentality and our attachment to things, really inflicted on ourselves. It's mm-hmm. hard not to look back and be like, how would life have been different if I had this awareness then? But that's just a waste of our energy, right? It's just like moving forward, moving on. And also, what you said, and we, you know, with uh, not wanting other people to judge us really embracing that and like if this episode is triggering anyone that means it's like judging them that's a gift it's a gift and not everyone's going to take that gift but me being triggered and wanting to judge someone else that's a gift for me to look at myself and where I'm judging myself and where I have room to let go of attachments
1: yes for sure it's Uh, One of my teachers would, would put, put that as like, that's a messenger. Yeah. That's a messenger telling us that we have some material that we need to work through. Um, a few weeks ago, one of my beautiful bonus daughters got married and I brought some like intention cards that I use in yoga class and like mindfulness sessions. And I let each one of the bridesmaids take one. We like folded out the deck. Don't look at what it is. Like you'll get what the universe wants you to have um and one girl opened you know got hers out and she read it and it said something about letting go of um some negativity and resentment and in a situation in your life and she she's like I don't like mine. And she's like I don't uh, what negativity and and I was like okay well let's not be negative about our cards. My teacher says that anytime we see something that arises for us that evokes a negative feeling that means we need it even more. What is what is this trying to tell you about me? About your life and your thought process right now. And she was like, speechless, like, not sure what to think. Like, okay, take it home, think about it. We don't have to discuss it anymore. But obviously, this is bringing up some material for you, you know? Absolutely.
0: And I say a lot, and I don't mean this in a rude way, but like, you're not that special that the laws of the universe don't uh, apply to you. Yeah. You know what I mean it's- like, when I look at my self sabotaging patterns, I knew that someone that was drinking the way I was drinking really needed help, but I was mm-hmm. like, no, no, I'm different. I'm different. I'm different. I knew that someone that had an eating disorder and was abusing their body, like I did, wasn't going to be able to live long, long-term like that. I'm like, no, no, I'm different. I knew that this narcissistic abusive relationship I was in was not healthy, was not going to last. So I'm like, no, it's different. You know. We're going to, we're going to figure it out. You know, no, like I, I'm not that special. That the laws of the universe don't apply to me in the good and the bad. And it, that that's how I live my life now. I'm like, it's the laws of the universe, the law of attraction, the law of assumption. When you understand the laws of the universe and how, what you focus on is what you're pulling into your, your life. If you want to call it manifestation, call it laws of energy, whatever the case is, it's undeniable that if we're focusing on what's not fair, what's not going right, that's what we're pulling
1: in, you know? Right. It changes our perspective. We could be focusing on what is going well and what we're thankful for. And the situation and the circumstances outside of us could be exactly the same as somebody who's focusing on what's not fair and what's not right and what they should have and what they don't have. Um, and it'll feel like two completely different lives and two completely different worlds. Um I've been learning a lot about manifestation and different um, ways that different religions have approaches to things and what they say you should do, prayer, meditation, yoga, breath work, all these different things. Um, And I kind of feel like these are all different ways that different societies over time have pulled together an understanding of really the power of the brain. If we're telling, we have to kind of act- actively tell our brain and ourselves and, and put it out in the universe what it is that we want and work towards that. And and even like physiologically, we can see those changes in our body because we're activating parts of our brain that we don't necessarily consciously have aware- awareness and control of. Um, but all of these are, are great, I feel like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And... I mean, it's really finding what works for you. One thing that's very interesting that I really go deep on my one on one clients with. So, in my work, part of it is energetics, law of energy, law of attraction, law of your mind, the power of your mind, really understanding that. Part of it is your rewiring your neuro programming, right? Yes. Like rewiring your brain because. Our brains are so addicted to the stress cycles. We're so addicted to the cortisol, dopamine, cortisol, dopamine. And then also your nervous system. Our nervous system is always in a state of fight or flight or rest and digest. And as weird as it is, we get addicted to cortisol. We get addicted to stress. And the more stress that you have in your life, the more you're looking for stress. Like it's Mm -hmm. wild when you understand it and you're able to see the patterns in yourself and step back. Like I could be running late. My dog could have, you know, spilled, peed on the floor or whatever. Like my kid spilled something and I'm going to look for other things to be stressed out about rather than like, all right, this is what's number one right now. This is what I have to take care of in order to bring my stress levels down. This is number two. This is number three. Let me slow down and move through it from a collected, you know, empowered place. I'm going to hear something else and a bang. And I'm like, what what, what next? What next? That's how cortisol works. And when we understand our nervous system and our cortisol levels and how we get addicted to stress, we understand how our nervous system has us resist what we're doing currently for our manifestation, for our energy work. And so it's really important to have a ton of different, what I call tools in your tool belt to shift out of patterns, you know, So, manic healing, your movement, your breath work, the music you listen to, so that you have all these different things. Maybe today I'm going to take some meditation. Maybe today I'm going to get up and I'm going to move and I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to listen to some affirmations. Maybe today I'm going to do some journaling. And really being honest with yourself, what is giving me the the shift out of my nervous system and what am I doing? And I'm just going through the motions and I'm not getting the sh- sh- shift around, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think too some of those, well, occasionally, I think maybe some of us have the days where we're, go- we're just going through the motions, but um, working on changing those patterns, like you said, like all the somatic healing type things, taking time to reflect and journal and be like, physically and mentally present i think the more we actively try to do that um the more we're able to shift but like you said because we get so addicted even just like in our culture and in our country to going and doing and being and like not just sitting with ourselves um we i'm sorry i lost my train of thought the more we're doing that the harder it is for us to move into having like a conditioned nervous system. So if we're continuing and just making an effort to try to do it, even a little bit every day, that kind of helps us build a habit that sticks. Like you said, rewiring your brain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people, um, I have a group on Facebook that I go live in Tuesdays and Thursdays. And a lot of people come to me a lot with questions of like, I'm doing all the things I'm manifesting, why isn't it working for me? And it's like, well, your belief that it's bad is stronger than your belief that it's good. For sure. And that's something that we really have to accept. And our e- e- egos are like, uh-uh, that's not true. I believe it can be that good. Well, it's you, you don't because it's not coming to fruition because your, your ego wants to protect you from being hurt again. And so, you know, for a while when I was dating post- my very toxic narcissistic abusive relationship like I, police involved restraining or like it was it was wild my relationship for a while I had my walls up and it really affected my relationship with the current guy that I was dating. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I really had to step back and do the deeper dive to empower myself and own the fact that I missed a lot of red flags Mm -hmm. and that it's safe. Not all men are like this. I don't have to be on the lookout for, are you going to hurt me? Because if I'm on the lookout for it, I'm calling it in. Yeah, for sure. calling it in. If I'm like, oh, like, do you have any of the same characteristics? I'm going to keep calling people in with the same characteristics because I'm subconsciously
1: looking for it. Yes, for sure. I did. I did the exact same thing. I did one person for 14 or 15 months after I got divorced. And it was just another, like, I fell into my first relationship as an 18 year old. Yeah. Somebody who was very much like my father, who was also a narcissistic addict, abusive. Um, and then I, I fell into a, just a different version of my father and then became my mother even more than I had been. Like, codependent to the addict. (laughs) Okay. Are you doing this? Are you paying your bills? Are you sure? Did you make sure you go to your meeting? Like it was just another set of dysfunction in the process of trying to, like you said, exactly weed out what I didn't want. I kind of found just another version of what I didn't want instead of focusing on what, what was good, what worked, you know, the positive. Yeah.
0: So our anticipation can either be positive anticipation of like, I can't wait to move forward. In a healthy relationship with someone you know i i can wait but this is this is what i'm calling and this is what i'm available for i'm available for someone that respects me i'm available for someone that you know isn't codependent isn't doesn't take their moods out on me me my personal thing that i really learned like my biggest lesson was that i actually didn't really love my myself i look back on before the relationship i was in And I thought that like, I had it so together. I'm like, oh, I was so good. That relationship broke me. And a lot of people coming out of narcissistic, abusive relationships feel that when the reality is, is that you were broken on some level to begin with before you went in. Cause if you were whole, you would have never entered that relationship. And that's okay. I'm not judging you. It's just a fact. But, um, you know, now instead of being like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to tolerate this now. I'm like, I, this is, where I'm at I am whole as is I am happy as is with or without a partner in my life and I'm only available for someone the biggest lesson that I learned was that you cannot love someone enough for them to love themselves the man that I was with was so self deprecating hated himself and then took it out on everyone else around him was so attached to his trauma and blah 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 um and since then I've met other men that spoke very badly about themselves, their bodies. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I really like you, but I can't. You know what I mean? I'm, I I, can't. Like, if you don't love yourself as is, regardless of how much money you make, how much weight you have or haven't lost, everything, and you don't really love yourself, I can't have you in my life because that's that's a lesson that I hard learned. And I've learned to love myself regardless. And I'm only available for that.
1: Right. You can't do that work for them. And you're not willing, or I'm not, you know, in our situations, willing to lose ourselves in the process of trying to get a relationship to be where we want it to be, or get a person to be in a place where we, we know, or hope that they can be
0: big time, big time. And that's hard. And it's comes from our low self-worth, e- e- ego, you know what I mean? Like our egos are like, well, you know, if you, our, our egos a lot of times want to date someone that's like not on our l- l- level. Cause then we're like, then I'm safe. They're not going to leave me. We like date someone that's, you know, not quite as evolved as we are or whatever, you know what I mean? And that's something that we really have to look at and be like, am I with this person because our souls are aligned or am I with this person because I can add so much good stuff to them and they're going to change. And then they're going to see me as this, this amazing person and they're not going to hurt me. That was a pattern that I fell into for a while. Yeah,
1: For sure. I think that with the relationships and kind of what you were talking about earlier, when you mentioned, um, a client who was saying something about like, this doesn't work, this isn't working for me, why isn't it working for me? Um, I think part of our issues in those situations is we step into whatever, you know, the work, the relationship, the whatever, with expectations that they're gonna go a certain way if we do whatever, which again is kind of like an illustration of our codependent behavior, expectations being um, often said, to be seeds for resentment and resentment is kind of what puts us back in that negative thought process and like devolves us if you will um so i really um that was kind of a hard thing for me to let go of like having expectation like why aren't you xyz when i already did abc like yeah. just I had all these like unconscious expectations that i had that hadn't been agreed upon with others around me and it was just yeah. perpetuating that victim m- mentality and like my consistent frustration with life and how it wasn't going the way it was, and you know, letting go of my expectations, leaning into the acceptance that things are as they are, not good or bad.
0: Yeah. Um, and and it, it's okay. It's totally no no, no no normal to struggle with it. It's totally normal to we're never just, oh, I just accept everything. It's a constant choice every day to move forward in a different way. You, yes. We make, we have 60,000 thoughts a day and 80% of them are said to be negative thoughts, which is scary, but it's a constant choice in, you know, the subconscious thoughts, the conscious thoughts every time you can to be like, Oh wait, this isn't where I choose to be spending my energy. I'm shifting this thought. I'm shifting yes. another thought. I'm shifting another yes. thought. And again,
1: yes. And that. You know, I think some people may may hear that or recognize that in themselves and look at it as something that's that's negative. But really, our our brains are evolved for that. You know, we went from being uh, unsafe all the time, having to make sure that there weren't predators coming after us, trying to be alert. We uh, can find food, um, and that nervous system, like you said, that we have the fight or flight, or we have like the the chill um, side of things, and our brains have evolved in some ways with technology in our homes and things that we have, but our brains and our body connection are still the same. So constantly working, even if we don't have a life of dysfunction or addiction or mental health issues, we still have that um, innate tendency to be looking and waiting for the next problem, the next challenge to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves and our kin. Um, That's not bad. That's just human nature. And as you said, like taking the time to work on it every single day may feel like a lot, but it's going to put us in a place that leaves us healthier and well-balanced.
0: And there's some days that you're like going gangbusters and you feel like you're just killing it. And there's some, we don't need to be making forward progress every day. You know, I tell my clients all the time, one off day, two off days an off week, doesn't take away from all the progress that you've made and really being able to honor your soul. A client their day was like, I'm having a lazy day. And I was like, let's not call it a lazy day. Let's just call it a restful day. Like that's, that's self deprecating to call yourself lazy. Lazy is not really a compliment. Lazy is not really like a, you know,
1: we have, um, in yoga class, we end with Shavasana, which is where we, we lay down and we relax and, um, you know, corpse pose in the position of, you know, a dead man. Um, Not that that is a death to ourself, but having a a time of Shavasana or, you know, some religions say a a Sabbath, those days where we are resting are still active in the way that that allows our brains and our bodies to integrate all the work that we did leading up to those days, you know? Um, So like you said, I think we don't need to look at those negatively. I think those are actually kind of a positive passively productive set of times for us
0: and it's that constant re reframe. for fr, fr, frame it's that constant re, 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 reframe constant reframe constant re, 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 reframe of being like huh all right like this is my initial thought that i need to be doing something no i don't i'm safe i'm safe and it's the i am statements it's like i or the i like anything after i i need to be productive i didn't do this today i didn't do that. Yesterday I got, um, a vampire fa- fa- facial, which is like micro needling on your face. They, 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 they take your blood and they, they do microneedling and they like inject your blood into your face and it produces all this collagen. And I literally like couldn't do anything the rest of the day because a, my face was like really red and whatnot. B like, I couldn't really, I couldn't be in the sun. I couldn't sweat. And so I couldn't work out. I couldn't get my steps in my face kind of hurt. <laughs> Yeah. And so I was like, I'm not really at a place that I want to sit down and bust out some work right now. I'm gonna take the day, and I had several times, even though it was an intentional day of like, I'm not walking. Normally I go for a walk every day. I'm not working out. I'm not sitting down, and and I I'm having a restful day, and I these thoughts kept coming in of like, you gotta do something, and I'm like, no, I don't. Slow it down. Slow. No, I don't. Like I am enough. I literally have, I am enough tattooed on me, (laughs) but I'm like, I am enough. I am resting today. I am, I am, you know? Yes. I have everything I need. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I need. And that's the thing like back to, as we close out, circling back to the top, when we suffer enough, we will change. I've suffered enough of the lack and the drama and the trauma to change. I now And, and again, it's not this, like you come to this top of the mountain and you're like, Oh my God, like I'm, I'm healed. I am extremely grateful to say I do not struggle with addiction anymore. I I'm sober, very, very naturally because I've, I've set my life up to be. So my business runs beautifully, very easily. I don't stress about sobriety I don't stress about money I don't stress about clients I don't stress about my body and weight I've I've done a lot of healing but it's the healing I'm not healed it's healing I know for a fact that if I don't stay on top of my neurolinguistics programming my nervous system my energy work it's a slippery slope and I will be right back where I started
1: yes for sure yes yes this is great. I feel like um in that little little brief interview that we just I just had on Instagram with the life insurance company, I they they edited quite a bit of it out but saved the one part where we talked about being human pain is inevitable but suffering is optional. And when like this when you've suffered enough is when you're going to come to the point where you're ready to start changing that and accept that.
0: Absolutely. And it's a choice. It's it's all about moving from empowerment. Either I'm gonna choose to stay stuck in my pain or I'm gonna choose to move through it. I have a client who's um struggling with addiction. And I was like, we're not gonna play victim. Either I am choosing to step into recovery or I am choosing to stay in my addiction. And she's like, it's not that easy. I'm like, no, it is. It is, it is, yeah, it is. Either whatever we're doing, we're doing it from an empowered place. Either I'm yeah. choosing to stay in addiction or I'm choosing to step into recovery. Changes everything. Changes everything. Just, thank you so much. Where can they find you please?
1: Oh, you can find me on my personal page at just Jess 10 Oh three on Instagram and my studio page at movementworks.df DF. Um, and then what else do you need from me? Good. Yeah. Anything else? Anything
0: else you want to share? Anything you have coming up?
1: Um no. I mean, I my my brick and mortar business is starting up a new season. Um, that's kind of hard to reach me if you're not in the Ohio area. Um, but I am accepting new coaching clients there. So um always open to new mindfulness mindfulness clients. Hell
0: yeah. And I'm at Colleen Falto on Instagram. I have a couple of free downloads you can come and check out: breathwork, journaling, all the good stuff. I have a Facebook group I mentioned earlier, "Physically Fit and Spiritually Fed," where you can go in, and I go live daily, and I do a lot of fun stuff in there. It's just all about you know daily intentions to stay on this path. Awesome, Jess. Well, thank you so much. If you like the episode you could like rate review, share with a friend would so appreciate it. Sending everyone so much love and wherever you're at, you're one choice away from a completely different life. That's it. <laughs>